1: When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. A of Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh-hand, burned-piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well.
0: a shotgun snap. Final play of the game. Ron waiting for the White House to get downfield. Launches the throw down toward the goal line going up. Ball tipped in the left. Touchdown. Gordon West is down. Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest. Oh, baby. to throw is Martinez, not being chased, throws it out, a black Burkhead makes a catch, a tackle, 25-20, 15-10, 20, 5, Rex Burkhead touchdown, a and... rescue!
1: Joining us after a week off, because I had to move, so that's my fault that we were off for a week or so, but... Welcome back, uh, Zach here and Fitz. What's going on tonight? How are we doing tonight, man?
2: I am doing fantastic. Enjoying the enjoying the weather, getting outside a little bit, and uh, just uh, ready to get back into this after you uh, you moved again to uh, to evade the uh, the government. So we're we're good.
1: Yeah, well, I'm underground right now. They can't catch me, so it's fine. We're good. You can see the <laughs> trusses behind me, so we're fine. Drake, what's going on tonight, buddy?
0: Oh not much man. Hey, is that going to be the the studio cuz if so, we got we got some work to do.
1: Uh the studio's a little bit in progress. Don't worry, it'll it'll be a lot better by the time you guys are in here, I promise.
0: <laughs> How you doing, buddy?
1: Ah, uh, you know, I'm 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 hang, I'm hanging in. I'm glad to be back though, that's for sure. There you go. Fitz, introduce our guest tonight.
2: Fantastic. We are proud to welcome into the uh, Church of the Corn, a, um, outstanding alumni of the university of Nebraska, uh, played on the baseball team and was part of the team that went to the, uh, not one, but two, uh, back-to-back trips to the college world series for the first time, uh, in Nebraska baseball history. So if, uh, everyone will be ready to welcome Jeff Lisey to church of the corn. Welcome Jeff. How are you doing?
3: I'm great. It's good to be here, and and I don't know if your your followers know this, but but I know Fitz from the soccer world. So we're talking baseball, but I know Fitz from the soccer world. And uh, like I said, it's just it's good to be here and be part of it.
2: Well, it, we we know where your heart is, your mind, your your soul is is baseball. But I I know where your heart lies. Um, but we won't talk about that at all. We are we are here to talk baseball. We're here to on our end. Um, we were part of fixing Nebraska ball for about three games in a row. So we're going to see what we can as a group collectively, what we can do to, uh, help, uh, help, uh, Husker baseball. But don't you, uh, if you, if you don't mind, just kind of walk us through, uh, your, uh, your playing career, kind of how you got to Nebraska and, uh, piece that together for everyone.
3: Yeah. So I grew up in Omaha, uh, went to Omaha Creighton prep and then, uh, if I'm being honest, I, I didn't really want to go to Nebraska. Um, uh, I wanted to go somewhere South or, or West, somewhere warm. Um, uh, and, uh, it turns out being five foot nine and 155 pounds is not what a lot of those schools are looking for. Um, uh, so it, like I said, I, I wasn't really recruited South and West and, and that kind of thing. So, um, uh, I, I won't say I settled on Nebraska. Um, uh, but I know even when I committed coach Van Horn was a coach at Nebraska. When I committed, he said he was surprised. They didn't, they didn't think I was going to commit and and didn't think I was going to end up being a Husker, but um, I'm, I'm super grateful. I'm super thankful that I did. I think it worked out. Couldn't have worked out any better for me um, and, and loved playing for coach Van Horn. So yes, I was at, at Nebraska 2000 through 2003. Uh, like a lot of people, I guess my freshman year was not a very good one. I struggled my freshman year and, uh fortunately I was able to kind of weather the storm and get through that. Um yeah, so my freshman year, our team, we we played in the super regionals at Stanford. Um and and won game one of the super regional against Stanford and then and then end up losing game two and game three. Uh so fell a game short of the College world series. And then uh fast forward sophomore year we made it to Omaha. Junior year we made it to Omaha again. Um Tell people in those two years, we were 0-4 in the College World Series, but we lost by a combined five runs in those four games.
2: The Husker way.
3: We were right there. Yep, we were right there. Uh, And we might get into Simmons, I don't know. But uh, like my sophomore year, that team was really good, really good. And, And I think it was tough because Nebraska's first time in the College World Series and just kind of a hoopla and, and everything going on with it, and the game before our first game, it was super hot. I mean, it was hundred plus, and it was a super long game. And we were sitting. I remember we were sitting in the stadium. We'd already done like our BP and warm up stuff, and we were sitting in the stadium waiting for the game to get over. And again, like tons of people, and and you got adrenaline and energy. And I felt like game started, and we were already like tired. You know, we were already worn out from everything, and. I, I tell people I think if if we could have won if we could have won a game that year I think we could have stuck around for a while and and made some noise that that team was very talented uh, but I think again it just it was tough first time being there everything that goes with it and couldn't get over the hump but uh, but yeah that's uh, that was my Nebraska career.
2: So when you I think people have a, a more of a connection, I guess, or follow a little bit, um, with, with recruiting, as far as football goes as a, as a baseball player, where a lot of, we hear a lot of players are making those decisions as high school seniors. Do I, do I go pro? Do I sign that contract? Do I go, um, to, to college and, and do, you know, play my three years? Were you in the, in that situation at all? Did you have those opportunities? We know you said you kind of had an eye on going somewhere else.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, my, my scholarship offers were Nebraska Creighton and then I could have gone to a junior college or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't have to worry about going pro. And honestly, I, to me, like going to college and playing in the college world series is like a dream of mine. And more so I I never, I know, I mean, I remember being a freshman at Creighton prep and thinking, "I, I hope I can make the teams at prep. Right. And, and, that was my goal, right? Again, I wasn't some kid that was like six five and and a freak, and you know, someone that was like, "Oh, this kid's destined to play at the next level." It was, I was, I was going one step at a time, no doubt about it, and and uh, was happy to play at prep, and then got the opportunity to play at the next level. And I don't think even in college, I didn't think about the draft or playing professionally until I was in my junior year and, and things were going well and starting to talk to scouts and that kind of thing, but um yeah like even playing professionally for me wasn't wasn't something I really was expecting or, or thinking was going to happen for me
1: I guess being a local kid being an Omaha kid from Creighton Prep what was it like being in the College World Series you know being at a local event that's huge like that what was it like getting Nebraska back to the College World Series as a as a as a huge part of it
3: yeah, I mean it was it was awesome, but again, I think as a competitor you're you're there to win, right? And and we were 0 and four while we were there. So we didn't we didn't stick around and we didn't uh didn't win any games in those two years um while we were in Omaha. But uh it's still I mean it was a cool experience and getting to play in front of family and friends and I mean what there are twenty some thousand fans there and getting to do that is is a unique experience and it, it is so tough to get to Omaha. I think Nebraska fans got spoiled there. I mean, there it was what oh one, oh two, and then Oh five. They had teams in the Calgary series and, and you could easily, you could have the best team in the country. I mean, Arkansas last year is a perfect example, right? They were the number one team in the country pretty much all year and they don't make it. They get upset by, I think it was NC state. If I remember right. in the super regionals last year, um, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's just tough. It's tough to make it. You got you to gotta get hot at the right time. You got to be playing well. You got to probably have a few breaks. And uh, so to play for myself to get two opportunities to play in Omaha for Nebraska fans to see three teams in a four-year stretch uh, get to the College the Series is is pretty difficult, no doubt about it.
0: Jeff, I'm, I'm going through that 0-2 that team. Through the roster, that team—you're you, right—very impressive with the talent on that team. I mean, obviously, you had you, Will Bolt, uh, Joe Simakitis was a freshman that year. Uh, there's some names that I remember here that you know, unless you were a big Nebraska fan back then, you might not remember. Uh, you obviously do. You got Bruce Hopper, Ledbetter, Brian Dunzing, Comanay. Those those a lot of those guys are Nebraska baseball legends. Uh, just what, what was it like going to, going to work every day with those guys and preparing after, after you had made, the, not after you had made the college world series, but after your freshman year, when you kind of struggled, was there anybody that you learned from and things like that?
3: Yeah. I mean, so I'll answer this, I guess, in two ways. I mean, that, I, so many of my good friends come from those, those Nebraska teams and we were a tight knit group. Um, really, really close group. I said, we, we had a lot of fun off the field, but we, we did what we needed to do and, and worked hard and prepared hard and, and competed, came every day to to play and to compete and guys that love to just to play and to win. Um, So it was, it was a great atmosphere. Uh, Coach Van Horn and and, uh, Mike Anderson, Rob Childress, great coaching staff. Uh, So again, it was just, it was just a good environment to be in. I mean, I think, Guys I learned from a lot. I mean, I'd say uh, like my freshman year, Jamal Strong was a center fielder. He, he ended up playing the big leagues. Uh, uh, Adam Shabala was a guy I learned from in the outfield. And then, and then like my sophomore year, John Cole and Adam Stern. So here's a good story for you. My, my sophomore year, I started in center field. And, and typically for baseball people or non-baseball people out there, I would say center fielder is almost always your fastest outfielder pretty common for that to be the case. Um, my sophomore year, I was definitely our slowest outfielder. Um, so I played center, but then in in left field was John Cole typically. And in right field was Adam Stern and those two, both Canadians, um, could absolutely fly. So Cole ended up being a, John Cole was a fifth round draft pick that year. And Adam Stern was a third round draft pick that year. Um, and those guys, like I said, they could, they could absolutely move. We covered a lot of ground in the outfield and, um, Yeah, I was, I mean, I was easily the slowest of the three, but learned a lot from those guys and, and like I said, good friends and, and, uh, definitely pushed me to, to try and play at a higher level.
2: So you've been transition out and when did you get into, when did you get into coaching, uh, yourself? Cause I know right now you're currently working with the Nebraska prospects, uh, baseball team and, and, and doing, you know, lessons and training, when did you get started with that?
3: Yeah, shortly after I finished. I don't know exactly the year. I'm getting old now, Fitz, um, but it was. I mean, it was probably within a year or two after I got done playing. I, I started doing, you know, training and lessons and that kind of thing. Uh, now I coach my nine-year-old son. I coach his team and a group of kids. And so yeah, so I've been. I've been in baseball for really my entire life, and and like I said, didn't really take gain time off from it and shoot, I, I would say after I got done playing, I started studying, hitting more and like the swings I was starting to teach people it, And, and I, I would have said even sh- like a couple years after I was done playing felt like I knew a lot more about hitting in the swing than, than when I actually played. Uh, it was like one of those things was like, gosh, I wish I would have known that or, or tried this or done this while I was playing. I think I could have been a better player.
2: And, and yeah. you're yeah. Go, go, ahead. go ahead I was just going to say you're kind of from i mean that generation as we as we get to that point, were you fortunate enough to have some good coaching as a kid? I know you know we talk you know depending on people's ages, a lot of it was just a lot of dads, and we didn't have the former players even in, in baseball and stuff like that we're now now we've gotten to a point where you know former college players like yourself um parents that are back into the game, things like that, or is it kind of, you know, you, you, you learned it. And then, as you said, you, you figured some things out after the fact, and now you're able to, to turn that into helping other players. Were you, were you lucky enough to have some, some really good coaching or was it like the rest of us?
3: Yeah. I think some of both, right. And, And like you said, the first name that came in my head, when you asked about coaching is my dad, right. My dad played college baseball and got me into baseball and, um, couple of good stories there, but yeah, he he was definitely like my my first coach and that kind of thing. Uh, but like, so my dad was left-handed, and I I do everything right-handed. I write right-handed. I eat right-handed. Brush my teeth right-handed. Uh, but I play baseball left-handed. And and the story is that when when I was little, I would only use my dad's glove. Like I wouldn't play catch with him. With a he got me a right-handed glove naturally because I'm right-handed. And I would only use his glove and he's left-handed. Um, so that's, that's how I ended up being a lefty, uh, was that I only use his glove to play catch. So uh, that's probably why my arm's not very good either, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a lefty because of that. Um, and, and the other thing I know when I was little, I would, so the Mets were on TV a lot here locally channel 12 back in the day, I think it was, um, uh, the Mets were on TV and, and they had some good teams and I would actually imitate, like I'd go in the backyard and like imitate their swings. Right. And I'd throw a ball up and hit it and, and imitate their swings. I tell kids this now, as I coach, that it's actually, you know, if you can imitate someone's swing, it's a good way to learn. Right. And and you're kind of teaching yourself because if, and my parents say, gosh, like he, he, he told me I was good at imitating people's swings. And uh, you know, you think about that, it's like, it as I do that process, i I watch someone else swing and then I put that swing in my mind and then try and get my body to do it. And if I can do that, well, like, well, a couple of things, I'm probably gonna have a pretty good swing and I'm also going to be better at being able to make adjustments and get my body to do things. And, um, so anyway, I mean, I think part of it is just being creative, being a kid and going out in the backyard and playing and using your imagination. And I think that, that probably helped me quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because, my son, again, I a nine-year-old son, and he saw himself on video hitting him mean, at, you know, take out your phone and video him or something and compare him to a big leaguer. And he saw himself on video when he was probably four or five years old. And I tell kids, like, the first time I saw myself swing on video was on the news in high school, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I remember watching it and being like, that, that's what I look like? Like, that's That's what I look like swinging? That, I look weird swinging, right? And uh. So, I mean, it's just – that's how it's evolved, right? Everything's video and analytics and data, and the, there's so many more tools in the toolbox now than what we had growing up. But, uh, yeah, it's just – it's a different game, no doubt
0: about it. So I'm probably going to romanticize this a little bit, Jeff, but um, you actually, when you were playing, are, you're the player that made me want how to learn how to bunt effectively, but specifically drag bunt, even though I couldn't run – Shit, I was the slowest guy on my team every year, but I learned a bunch of because I saw you do it on TV when you were playing at Nebraska.
3: See, now you're really making me feel old.
0: I, I was like 13 or 14, like <laughs> <I'm> not that <laughs> much younger. But so that leads me to a question: When you watch guys, when you watch guys on TV, I'm, I'm a Giants fan, so I'm thinking of Brandon Belt. And they have the giant shift in the infield all the time in the pros. Does it drive you crazy as somebody who teaches people that they don't know how to bunt against the shift?
3: Drive drives me nuts. It really does, and it is like one. I mean, just be able to stay inside the baseball, control the bat. But two, like you said, I mean, if you can bunt, and you know, and then people inevitably are like, "Well, that guy, why would he bunt? Like he's getting paid to like drive the ball and that kind, and you know, drive runners in." it's like, yeah, but if he just did it every once in a while if he showed it, then they wouldn't shift on you, right? And Yeah. And, I mean, if you're getting free base hits, I understand, you know, running on second and two outs, you're not going to lay down a drag bunt. But certainly, I mean, that, that same guy is getting up hundreds of times during the year with nobody on or, you know, a situation yeah. that he could do it. And it does. It, it does. It's like learn to handle the bat. I feel like it would take one off season. And, you know, you learn to handle the bat and, and I mean, obviously these guys are super skilled and super good at what they do. Right. But uh, it, it would certainly, it would certainly control the shift.
0: Well, at some point growing up, you're taught like how to wait on the ball to protect the runner and hit and runs. I mean, hit and runs, at least when I was playing as a kid, were, were huge. I, you don't see it a lot in the pro, but in the pros, but you see that, that style growing up and they should, be able to handle the bat effectively to do that i would imagine
3: 100 percent, it is it's something that you have to commit to you have to work on um, i think i think so many people think of bunting as a weakness and they think of it as again like sack bunting and, and you can't hit so you're bunting to me it's a mindset and a mentality thing that it, it's use it as a weapon right and and like. If, I'm, if you and I are competing against each other, I'm going to use whatever I have in my toolbox to try and beat you, right? And, yep. And, and I took pride in that. And, and I, I could thump it a little bit too, right? I mean, it's not that I just slapped it around or could only bunch, right? Like if I get a good pitch and I'm trying to come out of, come out of my shoes or come unglued and, and drive the baseball, but, you know, you, if, if third baseman's back or if, if uh, I have a situation where I can do it and I can lay it down you're going to give me a free hit, then I'm going to take it. You know, yeah. and if you're a guy that can run, all of a sudden you give me a bunt and then I steal second. And so I, that that little bunt turned into a double, right?
0: Yeah, exactly.
3: Here's, so here's another point? good story for you. We, uh, my, I don't remember what year it was. We were playing Creighton at Rosenblatt, and we started the game. I just said, like, Stern and Cole could absolutely fly. Um, I don't remember what, what our batting order was this particular game, but we started the game – drag bunt hit drag bunt hit drag bunt hit so we have bases loaded nobody out right and and all we've done is bunt like think think how frustrating that has to be for them for their pitcher for their coaches you know it's like in the middle of the order like guys you said I me mean, we had i think it must have been like my sophomore year was it was my sophomore year um so then we have like Hopper and Dan Johnson coming up who are both all-Americans you know it's like bases loaded nobody out here we go yeah uh, to start the game.
0: Immediate pressure, just because you guys knew how yep. to handle the bat. Yeah.
2: So, are you? Do you support bunting in um, men's slow pitch softball leagues? Then is that something that's that you support or is that frowned upon? It's, it's, asking for swinging, asking for a friend.
3: Your swinging bunts are frowned upon.
0: I'm pretty sure when I played for St. Pat's, we called you on it once, though. Who, me? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: no, I've never bunted in a softball game. I legit.
0: I don't. I legitimately. I don't think it was a legitimate attempt. <laughs> it just happened that way.
3: <laughs> you, you're calling me out for terrible softball play.
0: Some <laughs> 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 of wow. the guys on my team would have. Wow. Well,
3: it well, sounds real. It sounds legit. The St. Pat's team has some monsters on it.
0: Oh my gosh. I, the first game I ever played for them, uh, I hadn't picked up a bat in, I don't know, six, seven years. And I hit a because in that league, you don't get you don't get home runs back. You just get the two and you're done. Right. And I accidentally hit hit a home run with nobody on and they just chewed my ass like the whole day.
3: Oh, yeah. yep, That's Cardinal sin.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of uh, calling things out, how did you get involved with uh, announcing and calling games for the Big Ten for the Huskers.
3: Yeah, so it, gosh, this was probably five or six years ago now. Um, Lane Grindle was doing stuff for Net. He'd do the Nebraska games for Net, and I think it was like right before the baseball season. He took a job with the Brewers, um, and so he he goes to Brewers. So Net was just looking, I think, kind of short notice, looking for guys to do it, and. So they reached out to a couple of former players. I did a couple of games. I like think another someone else did a couple of games um, for them that first year. And they're like, "Cash, you did a good job. Like, do you want to just be our guy or do it next year again?" And um, I had fun with it. I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to." Um, and, and so for any was they they do like four games a year. Um, so so first year I did two games. Next year I do all four games for any and I, I just asked the NET people, my contacts there, I said, I'd like to do more of this and I'm fun with it. Like, do you know anyone at BTN or like that kind of thing? And they said, actually, there's a lady there that used to work at NET. Like I'll push in contact. So I reached out to BTN and they were, they had a couple guys that were doing color and they were looking for a third to bring in. So they um, just, I think, I think actually someone from NET kind of put together some footage for me. And uh yeah, they gave me, gave me a shot. And so I've been doing games for BTN um, the last, I don't know, whatever, three or four years. And uh, yeah, I like doing it. It's, it's a good time.
2: Do you work with the same team every game you call?
3: Uh, no, different. Um, yeah. Different, different play-by-play guys, um, different producers. Yeah. Every, every time is a little bit different and uh, they're all good. Like I, I, Honestly, cannot say there's someone I haven't enjoyed working with. I mean, the, the play-by, my job's easy with that, right? I I get a, I do research. Like, I, I probably prep more than I need to or, or would have to or some people would um, just because I want to do a good job with it. But um, the, my job, like I said, I, I get to watch the game and just kind of talk about the game and give baseball interest and, or, or tidbits and that kind of thing. The play-by-play guy, he's got to like, you know, fill time, and and he he's the pro, right? And and they've all been really really good. Um, yeah, another another good story from uh, this was the year after I was done playing. I went up to Minnesota. The Nebraska team was playing up at, in Minnesota. Um, they were doing their indoor tournament at uh, the Metrodome at the time, and they were they were they had them on radio and. For some reason, whoever the radio guy was couldn't make it or was sick or something. And and I was already up there, so they asked me to do it. So so I'm doing play by play, or I'm sorry, color, color on the radio. And I was doing it with Jim Rose. And and Jim had to go to the bathroom at one point, like between innings. So he he goes to the bathroom and, and game resumes and he's not back yet. And so I'm, I'm doing the play-by-play as well. And I'm not – I have no background in media or, or anything like that. And, uh, and so I'm picking up the play-by-play. <laughs> and it's radio too. Like TV, it's a little bit easier because people can see what's going on, right? And, and um, so even – I enjoy – I've done actually some radio for the Caldwell Series – and, it, and it's fun, but I do, I like doing TV more because I feel like we can get into conversation and side conversation stories and that kind of thing. And the viewer can see the game. Right. And, and so we can, we can talk over the game a little bit. Uh, but, but radio, you can't, right. And you got to explain everything that's happening. And so anyway, I'm doing play by play here. Cause Jim's in the bathroom. And uh, it was literally, I think, I think the pitcher threw like four balls while I was gone. And I was just like, uh, another ball, <laughs>
0: straight I, out of major and league. Again, I
3: know, it was, and I and I, I had no prep. Like they asked me while I was up there, so I had no, I had no prep work on either team. I had no side stories or anything, you know. So I'm just like twiddling my thumbs, like another ball, high, two and zero,
0: just a bit
3: outside. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was probably a brutal minute and a half of play by play.
1: Well, they they like you said, play by play. That's the toughest thing to do in radio or anything like that. I, I watch boxing and UFC all the time, and those guys, I don't know how they do it, just because there's so much that you've got to remember and got to know. But I mean, they're they're better than I am with that. Um, let's talk about the unfortunate thing that is Nebraska baseball right now. Oh,
3: um, ooh, are we getting
2: into that?
1: We may as well just jump in head first. I'll rip oh, that band aid off. We save
2: it. It's how we save. It. <laughs> This is, this is what we're paying you for, Jeff, so you can't shy away.
0: <laughs> no, don't happy time that check. Yet. What's that? Don't cash that check yet.
3: Right, right. No, what do you got? What do you got?
1: Well, I guess what – I don't even know. Um, what are probably the top two or three things that you would say this team is missing right now? I mean, there's, there's things all over the place that are seemingly going wrong. Um, I I honestly thought that they were starting to turn a corner before today, and then today happened, and now I've got no idea what the hell is going on.
3: Yeah, yeah. So when when will this podcast air?
1: Uh, probably tomorrow. tomorrow. I, yep.
3: Tomorrow. Okay. So yeah. All right. So yeah. So uh, yeah. So the, the listener can uh, knows that, that today's game was the tw- what was the final was a twenty. 20- 21 to, 20, twenty-one to four. Twenty-one to four. The last time I saw, it, it was twenty-one three, and at that point, Nebraska had three hits and four errors. Um, and that yesterday, I was actually at the game yesterday, and they Nebraska got one hit yesterday. Um, so I think I think both yesterday and today they had more errors than they had hits. So that's that's never a good stat. Um, they I again, and I hate I hate talking bad about them or anything but you look at this team i mean that so far they haven't hit well um they don't hit for high average they don't really hit for power um they don't steal a lot of bases so it's tough for them to score runs when you don't do any of those things um and then defensively they they haven't been very good defensively they've made a lot of errors Uh, starting pitching hasn't been great bullpen hasn't been great um the the one thing I guess a couple things that, that I feel like they have done well they they competed well I feel like um, they haven't they haven't given up on games um, I mean even this past week they had what going to the UNO two game series um, kind of battled and you know I feel like it's a, a series they sh- shouldn't have to battle all that hard but they did and and were able to win the second game in that series and then the New Mexico State game I mean it was kind of back and forth and um, which game was it? I'm trying to think back to this week. Which game was the one that they had four runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off? Was that, uh, was that against New Mexico State?
1: I thought that might have been New Mexico State because I think that's where or, they made or, the big comeback.
3: Or Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. I mean, they, again, they've had some games where they've competed really well and, and, um, and found a way to win some close games. So, I mean, that, that's encouraging. Um, it's a really young team. So I thought going in they were ranked, preseason ranked in the top 25, and I felt like that was too high um, and, and was a little bit worried about those expectations for them coming into the season. I mean, they lost um, Povich, their Friday starter, who I mean, is probably their best Friday arm that they've had in a while, a long while. Um, so losing him hurts. And then, and then Roach was their Saturday starter, losing him. Schwellenbach on the back end closing things down um, was just lights out all year last year. And then obviously Schwellenbach is a shortstop and they hit in the three hole pretty much all season. Um, and then Jackson Hallmark. I, I think losing Jackson Hallmark hurts more than people realize. Um, he had a, a really good year last year, but he's just a, he was a leader, a good clubhouse guy, loved baseball, loved to compete. Uh, and, and so like missing leadership like that, I think, hurts as well. So, I mean, it's – it's. I still think the staff has done a great job, and they're like, their freshman class is really good. It's just – it's tough for freshmen to step in and, and make contributions right away and, and lead a team. But um, they've got a good young team. I think next year is going to be better than this year. I think the next couple of years should be really good for them.
2: What's the – what's the style – or, um, kind of not necessarily going through the lineup. Cause I know there's been, they're tinkering and they're constantly moving and they haven't, they, they haven't been consistent in terms of, you know, this guy's playing this position three, four games in a row. Here's your leadoff hitter. Right. So I know they're working through all that. What, what style do you think you'll start to see big 10 play starts on Friday against Michigan? What do you, what are you thinking you're going to see maybe going into that? And then as the as the season goes along or what do you want to see for this team? Are they, are they a small ball? Are they like you talked about getting on base and putting pressure on by running? Are they, you know, obviously the defense has to get cleaned up, but where do you want them? Where do you want them to go?
3: Yeah. I mean, I think if you ask coach Bolt, he he'd like a team that likes to put pressure on teams. They want to run, they want to steal bases. They want to uh, be aggressive and do all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if, if if they're going to get that from this team um, I think that's what the style they'd like to play but but you got to have the right personnel to do that and um, I don't know I think they're still kind of searching for their identity and and how they need to win games Um, I know I know Bolt wants to play good defense and again these things sound cliche but but most good coaches stress the same things right And it's like pitching defense and um, you know, play small ball, do the little things, do all that, and I think that's that's the the type of team and identity they want to have.
0: Jeff, for for some of the fans that don't really understand, I mean, to me, it appears from some of the games that I've I've been able to watch or listen to, it seems like we're lacking the definition of a of a true leadoff hitter. Where you know, it it seems like the leadoff guy has struggled seeing pitches early in the game to let the back-end guys see it. Um, it. I don't know. I'm having trouble judging what their mindset is at the plate. Some guys are trying to take pitches. Some guys are taking pitches. guys are just – they're hacking. I'm, is there something amiss miss in, in their strategy up and down the lineup? Or
3: Yeah, I mean, I think there's – so far, I think there's been a lot of swing and miss. I think that's another problem they've had offensively is – too many strikeouts, too many probably big swings, coming off the ball, that kind of thing, and, and just a lot of swing and miss. Uh, and, and again, I mean, pitching has gotten so good. It's Pitching is so much better now than when I played even. Um, I mean, it, it's every guy. I mean, shoot, this week, Texas A&M Corpus Christi on Saturday, their guy was mid-'90s, right? And it's like mm-hmm. – you would think it's a lower level team, right? Their Saturday starter. Again, I know this is a long time ago now, but 20 years ago, that guy's probably 85, 86, and now he's mid 90s. You know, and um, New Mexico State threw an arm like that at him too. Those mid 90s. You know, it's like that's what teams have. And guys have good secondary stuff, and pitching's just gotten so much better. But, but that's everybody, right? So you got to you got to be able to do the same thing. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as approach, I, I think, I think too much swing and miss though. Um, it's probably just going to get barrel on the ball more. I don't know if it's being a little more selective or disciplined as well. Uh, cause it seems like the walk numbers aren't that high. So a lot, a lot of strikeouts and low walks is, is also not a, not a good offensive recipe.
2: So do they, does, will the team approach and, you know, big 10, you were in the big 12 um, you know, big, whatever the conference is, do they look at this as now, okay, part one of the season we're done. Now we go in and the sole purpose now is to win the the big 10 and let everything else kind of settle itself as they go, as they work towards getting into a regional and then, you know, advancing from there. Is that the mindset that coach Bolt is probably trying to to give these guys right now and just.
3: Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's uh the the early season can be tough for any northern schools and, and I know even those teams we talked about earlier from from that I was able to play on that went to Collegewood series, we'd get thumped early in the year. You know, we'd go down to Rice and and just get our butts kicked down there and, and struggle the first week or two of the year and then you know, then you start getting outside and get doing get more reps and doing that kind of thing and you catch up a little bit. Um so, it, it, the, the first third of the season can definitely be a grind because you're also traveling, right? I mean, our our schedule would be like you leave Thursday morning for a road trip and you get home Sunday and we'd fly in and out of Omaha. So, you're and you play on Sunday. So, and we're not doing chartered flights like some of the bigger money sports. So, we'd have a connection flight and, you know, we maybe roll into Omaha. At, 12 12 30 get into lincoln at 1 in the morning and you have to go to the baseball office and then and then go back to your house and You get home at two in the morning and maybe go to class on monday and then uh, uh, you know and then you've got games midweek and then you do it all over the next week so it's you're gone a lot and that first month of the season can be a grind but yeah i mean it certainly when you struggle that first third of the season and you're getting into conference play it does it's like hey if they can do well in conference play and finish in the top three, four teams in the conference then all their goals are intact and they can still make a regional run and, and, uh, and get hot at the right time. And, and you never know what happens.
0: Jeff, I'm glad you brought up getting hot at the right time. I, baseball to me is one of the like ultimate mental sports. It's, you know, shooting in basketball, not basketball as a whole, but baseball. And, Obviously, especially after a game today, their confidence has got to be shot. What kind of things do, you, do they do, you know, going into this week to try and get back on track, get, their, get confident going into Michigan?
3: Yeah, it's tough because it, it's not easy to stay positive when, you know, when you're not playing well. Um, sometimes I think it can be easier, though, to get over a blowout than it is to get over like, a close loss. you you get blown out and it's like, we play like crap, right? Let's flush it, get rid of it. Let's move on and and focus on our, you know, on our midweek game. And then, and then our our weekend series, but you you lose close games and those, those can stick with you a little bit longer. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing to get the doors blown off today and and, uh, can refocus and, and, you know, they, I forget who they have midweek here this week. They've got one game South Dakota state. Yeah. South Dakota state on Wednesday. And then, uh, big, big series all weekend uh, with Michigan here. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous for them for, uh, for this weekend, but uh, you never know. Right. And if, if they can figure some things out, then uh, maybe they'll they'll get hot and, and I, they will compete though. I'll say that. I think they'll always compete. And uh, that's the, the personality of the staff and, And I know a lot of players on the team from, from Omaha and from growing up here and, um, they'll, they'll compete. I I promise you that.
2: So what's the, uh, what's the, the term, the phrase, the word that you're going to, uh, slide in, in your broadcast this on Sunday that people from church of the corn are going to, you know, is it like, uh, pink unicorns and sunset walks. What are we, what are we looking at here? I mean, we we don't want to be presumptuous and say, you're just going to what's that? Give me a word and I'll use it. (laughs) I mean, church of the corn comes to mind with podcasts. Um, That might be a little bit too on the nose.
0: That's a tough plug.
2: Um, Maybe something like if, if the Huskers aren't doing very well, um, maybe it's something like, you know, their swings are as broken as Drake's jumper, you know, something like that. And we'll all kind of know, um,
3: that might be a little bit, throwing fits. <laughs> throwing fits. <laughs> uh.
2: Yeah. If the if the man, if one of the managers, which, you know, you just don't see a good ma- manager, uh, coach tantrum in college baseball anymore, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I figured we could try something.
0: Can we get? I love Bolt the to take game. Third base? How about, what's that? Can we get Bolt to pick up third base and walk <laughs> off the field with it?
3: I I won't be able to get him to do that, but uh, yeah, going back to word, uh, let's go pink unicorn. I'll get a pink unicorn in there this weekend.
2: Uh, uh, this will be. Right. Uh, we will now we brought, we, we release this tomorrow. People will be clamoring and we'll see, see what happens on social media. Like why is, why is Liza talking? What's a pink unicorn in baseball? People are Googling it and yeah, that'll be, <laughs> that'll be, that'll be good stuff. So what are you, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of re- start to wrap this up and, and let you get on with your evening. What are you projecting, uh, for the Huskers the rest of the way? I mean, we know they're, they're probably on their way to a college world series championship. That's what, uh, that's right, what we yeah, want to yeah. say.
3: Yeah, no, I, I would have, again, going into the season, I thought third through fifth in the conference. Um, I think I got to dial that back a little bit now. Um, I'll, I'll probably say fifth through seventh in the conference. And, uh, and again, I think they'll be competitive. I'm going to say they'll they'll probably surprise and win a couple games that, that many people don't think they will. And then they're, they're probably going to drop some that, that people expect them to win and want them to win. So there's, there's going to be some ups and downs, I think just, just cause of the age of the team. And, and again, not having kind of that identity and, and a real solid strength. Um, there's going to be some ups and downs.
2: So is it, is it Michigan, Indiana? Um, well, we know for sure it's not Wisconsin, Maryland. but Maryland's good. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Wisconsin. We don't have to worry about Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. Maryland. Yeah. Uh, Maryland's good this year. Purdue, who I haven't – I haven't seen Purdue at all this year, but um, Purdue I know – I think they just lost their first game of the season the other day. Um, So I know they're off to a good start. But, yeah, Michigan, Indiana. I mean, I'll tell you this. The Big Ten Conference has gotten so much better over the last five years or so, um, and it just continues. It gets better. There's a lot of good coaches in the Big Ten Conference. Uh, They've started putting more money into baseball facilities. Uh, putting more of an emphasis on on winning and, and caring about baseball, so it's uh, it's a good conference. I mean, I would say, shoot, seven or eight years ago is probably a one to two type regional conference, and and now you're you're looking more like four or five teams a year. They're they're easily deserving of getting into a regional. So a uh, lot better conference, and and uh, again, it's competitive. You get good competitive baseball,
0: but you would much rather call. Like a Nebraska-Texas baseball game, just to bring back the the glory days of the Big 12, right?
3: The Big 12 has good baseball, right? Really good baseball, and yes, it's uh it was always fun going down south and beating some of those teams. Yeah.
2: Well, there's some schools. There's some schools right now that are having some fun beating Texas, and you're you're seeing those <laughs> reactions all over social media and you know, you bring, they, they've obviously brought that. There it is. I'm going to, I'm going to grab that (laughs) screenshot that. That'll be, that'll go out to my seven followers tomorrow. So it'll, uh, it'll blow, it'll blow up from there. Um, But no, we're that that's, that's hilarious. Well, I don't know gentlemen, if you have uh, anything else for, uh, for Jeff and we can um, get ourselves ready to, uh, to sign off here, but we are, we are grateful for your time. Uh, we're hopeful that the the baseball team is able to kind of turn things around. And looking forward to your call on on Sunday for BTN. And then when uh, Huskers are going find out their regional, uh, where they're going to play in their regional game, we'll uh, we'll get you back on and we'll we'll do a little bit of a, a postseason uh, discussion to see how they're going to do. That's like that's it. the plan.
3: Love it. Anytime. Love to come on, have, have fun doing it and talking Husker baseball. And actually this weekend, they will be, so I've got them on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all three days.
2: Oh, you, okay. Friday, sorry.
3: Yeah. Friday, Sunday are both on BTN and Saturday's on NET or actually I, I always say NET. That's what it is to me, but it's, I forget the name of it now. Even it's not NET anymore. Nebraska uh, public so, media. Nebraska public media on Saturday. So yeah. So that's, so I've got all three of them. So the pink unicorn may come out any day. You got to listen to all of them.
2: Or oh, look, watch that's, all of them, rather. that is professional right there. He's not just going to he's not just giving it away on on day on day one. But um, I guess and, and I'm not sure where these guys are going to go with this, if they'll even let me get the question out. But really, why we had you on uh, the U.S. men's national team has a big game against Mexico on Thursday. Jeff, do you want to break that game down as they work on their World Cup qualifying? Are we guys are we ready to go? now is that where we're going to just cut it off is, is this that
3: 11 is that 11 on 11 is that what, yeah, it's 11.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes and they they will i i I, be, I firmly believe they're going to try to find the coldest place in, in america to play this this game but anyway no um i we don't need to talk soccer we can we can move on so zach it's all it's all you right now my man
1: i got nothing else jeff thanks for coming on with us it was it was awesome uh to talk husker baseball with you and hopefully that this um uh, kind of does what we did for Husker basketball and gets us a couple wins. That seemed to work last time pretty well. but uh, That's all we can do. Drake, you got anything else, buddy?
0: No, I don't. Thanks for coming on, Jeff. Really appreciate it.
1: Perfect. Well, that's all we got Absolutely. tonight, everybody. Thanks, Thanks again. Appreciate it, Jeff. And uh, everybody, take care. Have a great night. Members
2: of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be nebraska corn huskers go big red